connected. Are we gooch there. We are live. Did you get the notification already? It's official. I mean, it says it on the not yet. Oh, I think I just got it. Oh, I just got the Facebook, Facebook notification. notification. There we is. There's the Twitch one. Nice. I'm assuming we're yeah. Assuming we're live. Yeah, we're live. What's going nice. on? Episode seventy nine. What up? Is? Yeah. Almost at eighty. How crazy is that? It's wild, man. Almost Absolutely wild. We took, we're basically going with the bi-weekly format. We'll give everyone a minute <laughs> to jump in. Figured uh, yeah. more stuff happens over the two weeks, but before we get into Mandalorian and John Wick, let's talk. Let's talk about some of the new, sh- just uh, some upcoming things. We've got the Mario Brothers movie coming out Friday. Are you going to go see that next weekend? Uh, I'm going to try to. Friday is, I got, I'm I'm streaming all weekend long. We got WrestleMania all weekend, so. I forgot Friday's, about that WrestleMania. Yeah. Friday's the, the Hall of WrestleMania. Fame. Yeah, we're at, we are on the podcast, board. people. If you, haven't, if you haven't listened yet, all the Oversell podcasts, they've been basically revisiting the old WrestleManias. Oh look, we got fire fire alarms. Yep, Sign and up. my town is on fire yet again. I can't wait to get a soundproof room. Um, I feel like they uh, <laughs> they wait till we're live and then they go hey, every time. Now's time. <laughs> that's, that's why I got the train right on. It's on brand for us. So yeah, uh, your man Zuplex down. City is going to be streaming all weekend long. Uh, the plan is Friday night start with the Hall of Fame. Saturday. I'm even playing around with the idea. I might, I might stream the NXT Takeover event before oh, WrestleMania. NXT also, huh? Before WrestleMania, I might, I might as well go all in. If I'm going to be streaming, I might as well be streaming. And then um, Saturday night one of WrestleMania, Sunday night two of WrestleMania, and then the Monday after, we're going to do Monday Night Raw as well. You got a lot so it's going to be a lot. If you like pro wrestling. This is the weekend to jump on board with Oversell. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, who's going to be joining you for the uh, different shows? Do you know? Hold on, hold on. One second. Let's let the Jesus. police do their thing. It's the fire department. My town's always on fire, bro. It's good. Um, it's, uh, the episode just started. <laughs> so I believe I don't know if anybody's joining me for the Hall of Fame, but I know Fred and John. And possibly Steve will be joining us for Mania. I'm I'm trying to convince you to jump on Mania at least one night with us. I, I want to, but I that doesn't that mean I have to watch. You have to watch it live. It's on Peacock. Well, can I t- can I tell you something that's going to shock your head off? You don't have plans Peacock? this weekend. No, oh, I have plans oh, this weekend. oh, sorry. <laughs> Captain I mean, Spartacus always has plans on the weekend. Th- this this whole weekend I got shit going on. Well, listen, man. Are you gonna yeah, be home at eight o'clock on Saturday? Uh, maybe I got my niece's birthday party Saturday. You can jump in. And then I have another event. Maybe I could jump in late. Jump in late. Just we'll jump see. on. We'll say what's up to the boys. We'll see if I feel like uh, enjoying the. Uh, <laughs> if I feel like enjoying wrestling for for a weekend for once for once in my life. But yes, I am excited for the Mario Brothers movie. Mario Brothers movies next weekend. This yeah. weekend, this Friday is the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I know, man. Which actually looks really good. It looks really good. Um, All the trailers have sold me on the movie. It's giving me an itch to play. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's been a long time since I played Dungeons and Dragons, but it's definitely making me want I mean, to revisit the game. 
I mean, play, don't you think? Kind of don't you think our viewers would like to see a live streamed Dungeons and Dragons game between us? Uh, I think that would be a very entertaining uh, idea. I'd be Especially willing to even DM. Learning. I'd be willing to even DM. Really? Because it's always hard finding a DM. I've never uh, been a dungeon master. DM stands for dungeon master for you non. Uh, yeah, or GM fans. If you're not in the trademark, the oh, game master. G- what is GM? Oh, game master. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, DM uh, is dungeon, dungeon master, master is trademarked by. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's uh, what? What's their faces? Uh, who who makes Dungeons and Dragons? I forget what they're called. I don't know. Hasbro. No, no, no. Publicist, it's a publicist. It's a it's a private company that I think they're owned by Hasbro. There was a big thing about Dungeons and Dragons this year. Did you see? Did you see about this the controversy? I you know what? Literally earlier today, I came across an article something about uh, some controversy in Dungeons and Dragons. I really didn't care enough to look into it, so I didn't read about it. Um, basically, so the owners of Dungeons and Dragons are trying now to rework their copyright. So that basically all of these other content creators like Dimension 20 and Critical Role and all these guys, any new Dungeons and Dragons style game that they come up with or or content that they come up with, the owners of Dungeons and Dragons are trying to say that now they'll end up owning the rights to all of that. So if they wanted to put it in their official game in the future, they can. Like any of the homebrewed stuff, any of that stuff. Okay. So they're trying to make it so content creators are creating basically their new content without them having to pay them for anything. Oh, that's what that's what's going on. So I did read something mm-hmm. like that. I didn't. I don't think I pieced together that it was Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So it's um, I don't remember the name of the company that that uh that owns Dungeons and Dragons, but basically like it was a really like shady thing that they had put out with this new like um it was like a new copyright form that they tried like getting people to sign and all this other stuff wizards of the west that's a little fucked up what's that i think it's wizard wizards of the coast which is a subsidiary of hasbro so they're, they're just trying to have other people fans basically do the work for them Instead of on their own trying to come up with new, yeah, stuff. because what's happening is like content creators, like like Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, all these like big D and D content creators are making a lot of money off of their games, and they don't have to pay them anything because they're not calling it Dungeons and Dragons; they're calling you know a tabletop game or what you know, whatever. But they're using basically the D and D platform, so they're trying to like make it so any anything that they create now falls under that platform, and then they own the rights to. Is that? Uh, I wonder. See, now I'm interested. Now I'm wondering if that's actually going to go through or not. They can't. It can't. So from what I understand, there's so much pushback from it that they that they balked and yeah. and changed it back because they were because everybody was freaking out at one point. Over that makes it. a lot of sense to me. Like the entire community was just like, basically, screw you. We don't. We're not signing any. We're not doing any of this. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that we sounded good on the uh, stream. For anyone who's nice. jumping in, we're going to be going deep on Mandalorian and John Wick. John Wick 4, if you haven't seen it, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about both of them, uh, including the newest episode of Mando, which came out today. Um, I feel, I felt mm-hmm. like since it's you know Wednesday, we might as well uh, kind of go hard into everything that's happening. 
I'm with um, it. But before we I'm get into it. it, and uh, we were just talking about the Hasbro or the uh, Dungeons and Dragons controversy. Controversy. Um, the other controversy that I read today was uh, Disney firing Ike Perlmutter, Perlmutter, whatever his name is. Oh yeah, um, basically yeah. the guy who didn't want Wonder Woman and not Wonder Woman. I'm sorry, didn't want Captain Marvel and Black Panther for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Disney finally dropped his ass. What's up, Scythe? Yeah, got fire fired. Fired, fired. I mean, they dropped him. Finally, yeah, hasn't a major he been like fired somebody who made a lot of money? So, <laughs> hasn't he been like defunct for a while? Like, well, he's still like he wasn't fired, but he wasn't really involved in anything. No, he was still heavily involved in like the merchandising side of Marvel. They just took his sway out of the movie and TV show side. Like, he's mm. the reason basically that the Marvel TV shows never connected to the MCU in any kind of real way. He's the reason it took so long for us to get a Captain Marvel movie. He's the reason it took so long for us to get Black Panther. If it was up to him, we would never have gotten Shang-Chi. You know, he wanted to fire Kevin Feige at one point because Feige was just pushing back on things. Like, why? just nuts. Just absolutely nuts. Scythe actually just said that too, uh, that he, he wanted mm. to fire Feige as well. Uh, it's, it's just an absolute travesty that it took this long for Disney to finally do something. Um, and yeah. uh, they fired him. But he's been at Disney for a very, very long, long time. Long time, 30 right? years. Been there for yeah. 30 years. So, I mean, it's hard I mean, to listen, fire a guy that's been there for 30 years, you know? It's hard to fire a guy who's been there. And he did build, he was a big part of building up the MCU. He, he made them the a shit reason, ton of money. Right, right. He, he, he definitely saying? had pushback on certain things, but he did make them a lot of money. So, I mean, you know, it yeah. makes sense. Um, Merchandising-wise, they were still doing well, too. So Which, Wasn't know, he, like, the brains behind Pirates of the Caribbean? Pretty much every big you know? property, he basically had a say in it. You know, what I mean? yeah. So I mean, I, it's hard to fire a guy like that, but yeah, I get it. I get it. He's he pushing also, back uh, the Marvel Marvel machine, right? And I think uh, you know? now, you know, the Marvel movies are starting to really get kind of uh, shit, if, if you will. And uh, you know, they don't want to blame Feige because he's if they, you get rid of him, then the Marvel fanboys are going to riot. So uh, yeah, they got rid of the guy almost, that they felt like they could. Get, I almost think it might be Feige's fault, to be honest with you, dude. That fight you got that home got fired. I think, I think no, no, that the MCU is kind of like going down this weird path. I think Feige's uh getting a little too big for his britches here. It reminds I mean, you gotta, me you gotta get more detail, get into it. So this reminds me of um uh, who's uh Berlanti, Greg Berlanti and the other guy that that did Arrow and Flash and all that stuff. Yep. That like they started off with really, really great these two really really great shows first seasons for them were fucking amazing and then they just went down this path of like shoving politics down people's throats and and creating all these shows and all over the place and and just got kind of too big for their own britches on what they wanted to do and instead of like sticking to the what got them there you know the the like small fun accurate stories that people wanted and i think it i think it blew blew up in their faces a little bit i think feige's kind of going down that same path a little bit i'm hoping that he's not i'm hoping that this has just been a big transition period from you know phase you know from the first saga into this saga how do you transition from something like the infinity saga into a new um basically new universe that they're creating so it, yep. it's i think that it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b maybe but i'm hoping that he he writes the ship at some point <laughs> i don't uh disagree oh shit i didn't mean to do that 
I don't um, disagree. I think that uh, you're kind of spot on because I feel like it's one of those things where Feige got to a point where he felt like he could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it became, oh, you know, everything I do works. So let's make Eternals. Let's let's diversify the entire thing and change a lot about the characters in the comics. Let's uh, yeah. uh, completely try different styles. Let's make Thor more like let's lean into the comedy more because that's basically what people liked about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and it's now becoming it doesn't feel like the same MCU that we had for the first three phases. Um, yeah, I do think there's plenty of time to write the ship, though. It's not like I agree. With we're that. also we're also in a post COVID world where we don't know how many people want to go out to the theater and all kind of stuff. So there was going to be a drop in the sales anyway. And then on, to add on top of that, the superhero fatigue. I think uh, uh, you know it's just a, kind of a number of things, and I think we it will balance out before the end of the saga. You know what I mean? Everyone's going to kind of be amped for Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty. So yeah, uh, let's see. Scythex says I also think it's Disney pushing him to pump out more content with Disney Plus, and since TV and movie is under one man now, he's spread pretty thin. I that's kind of right on the money too. I mean. I, I mean, like I don't everything to be perfect, you know what I'm saying? See, that much I agree on. with that, but I also disagree with it on some level because, yeah, he's one man, but you know he's not like 100 hands on with every single project. He just kind of lays the overlay of like what the overall vision is, and then doles it out to other directors. What I think is happening is he's picking the wrong creators for these things. I think he's picking the wrong directors. I think he's picking the wrong writers for them. Um, I think losing certain writers and directors like the Russo brothers and Favreau and, and all these guys kind of is showing a little bit now because he's trying to find new direction from new directors and new writers and creators and yeah. stuff like that. And I think one of the problems with, with him being spread too thin, as we're saying, is that he doesn't have the Russo brothers to lean on where he could be like, hey, Russo brothers, here's Civil War go make civil war. This is, this is the overall theme. I trust you guys to go do this. Like, right. Like, you know, here's, here's end game infinity war. Here's the story, write it, direct it, do what you do. You know what I'm right. saying? Well, he's so now doing he, that. I guess the guy, um, Justin, Justin Lin, no, Dustin Lin, whoever is, uh, was the creator or the, or the showrunner for, um, excuse me. Shang Chi is, uh, the guy who's handling Kang dynasty. Yeah, Secret Wars are one of the two. So like he is connecting that thread. The only problem is Shang Chi was the first movie we got in Phase Four or the second movie, I guess, after Black uh, Black Widow. We're not going to see that style or connective tissue again until the end of the phase. And to your point, the Russo brothers had a hand in what Wait, like five uh, movies. The director of the director of Shang Chi was Destin Cretton. Destin Cretton, I was way off. I think I confused Justin him with Lin. Justin Lin. Justin Lin does Fast and Furious. <laughs> I, I I would that was so inadvertently racist. I apologize. <laughs> I very I very much apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you get you see what I'm saying though, right? Like the Russo brothers were involved with like four movies, three or four movies leading up to the big event movie. Yeah, uh, Infinity War. He is involved in Shang Chi, and then he's not involved again until Kang Dynasty. That's a yeah. long gap. So no, it's a long gap. Nothing but feels got, the same. But it was like you know, throughout the MCU. Favreau did the first two Iron Man movies, um, right. you know, and then he got he, he did some he did some like, you know, little experimental things with Thor and the first Captain America movie didn't really work. 
Russo brothers get involved in Winter Soldier. Okay, boom. We found a director for Winter Soldier now. Like now he could definitely they could definitely do Civil War. Right. So now let's let's see what else we got. All right. Let's try somebody else for the next Thor movie. That didn't work. Okay. Let's try somebody else for the third Thor movie. Oh, Taika did, knocked it out of the park. We'll give him the fourth Thor movie. Taika fucked it up. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just seems like they're they're trying out new directors for all these new projects. Well, so the argument and, against that though is that Peyton Reed not Peyton Reed. Was it Peyton Reed who did Ant Man? I think it was Peyton Reed. Yeah, uh, he's Peyton the guy who did Ant Man Quantum Media. He did all three. Quantum Media sucked. And uh, um, uh, who was? Yeah, but I didn't think Quantum Media sucked though. I thought Quantum Media was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it the, just the more distance I get, the more I'm like, that's just just wasn't. What I, I, I think it, it just wasn't what people were expecting. Like, you know, we're getting a lot of problems with all of that. You, you know what I mean? Like. That's the other thing is that the expectations are so high that he's not delivering to those expectations either. You know, well, that's that's an issue with marketing though, because they really pushed Quantumania to be this major, yeah, I mean, major movie for Kang. And while he was great in it, it still wasn't. You know, I it, mean, it, it didn't feel like Infinity War. You know, what I mean, Infinity War was like a big deal, but, but it was, Thanos, I don't like, think it was supposed to feel like the Hulk. But see, like, no, that's, but that's the, the thing. Is, point, I don't think it was supposed to feel like Infinity War. I did, but I didn't think it was gonna feel like Infinity War. I thought it was gonna feel more like. Kind of like more like the first Avengers where you saw Thanos's army, but really not Thanos. Yeah, but that the marketing made it feel like it was going to be like Thanos, um, Kang's Infinity War. Yeah, like his real introduction, which it, you know it really it kind of was, but it just didn't land the same because he lost in the first in this first movie. Yeah, well, that Kang yeah. lost. Like the, this is why yeah, Kang is such but- a problem villain, bro. Like I I, I know everybody's excited for Kang. But th- we're going to be fighting multiple, multiple Kangs throughout this thing. Yeah, but so the mistake like, they made was introducing Kang. I guess they introduced him twice, right? They introduced him in Loki. He dies there. They introduced him in uh, uh, Quantumania. He he dies there, quote unquote. He dies there. What they sh- what they should have done, and for a, a guy like this, and you're gonna you're gonna probably agree, is we should have already seen five or six different versions of Kang. They should have just kept bringing him back. Every time he loses, you bring back another version. Yeah, and then well, you I, kind of like really sell. But the I idea think that's where that we're going. He will, right, but it's it might be too little, too late. I mean, maybe, but I mean, not really, because most of Phase Four was. You know, introducing new people that we don't intru- care about. either introducing new people or closing other threads, right? So now that that's done, now you can start introducing Kangs, you know, left and right. They better, man. I think I mean, that's Kang what we're appear in the next movie. We need to have Kang show up, a different version of Kang, well, over and over again. Speaking just of, make it relentless, kind of, you know what I mean? Speaking of the next project, hey, my mom joined the uh, video. <laughs> Hola. Hey, mom. Speaking of the next project, we have. What do we have? Guardians coming out in May. Right. And that's right? James Gunn. So it's almost guaranteed that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like this is one of those things that we we're talking about before that they found a good director for Guardians. They kept them, you know, um, but they they announced the date for Secret Invasion now. Yes. Which is yes. going to be so June 21st. That was one of the big news is June 21st. Yeah. Let's go. So, I'm in for that. I'm in for that. I want a more like spy thriller. You know, I like the, yeah. the kind of grounded stuff. We're gonna be able to see, you know, Rhodey and Nick Fury again. <laughs> um, you know, find out what's going on with them. This is also kind of hopefully gonna lead into the Marvels, which got pushed to later on in the year. I think that's why they did that. 
so that yeah, they can probably. have secret invasion lead into this a little bit and then bring us something. But I don't think we're going to get Kang again. Looking at the projects we that are coming to, up, even if it's an end credit scene, they need to have him show up. Kang I don't think he's showing up again. As, honestly, I'd be okay if Kang showed up as the new uh, um, Stan Lee cameo. Let him just appear in every movie in a quick scene. Yeah. Make it like just uh, just keep reminding us that he's around, he's watching, he's behind the scenes. You know. Well, we know. But, I mean, listen. I, I think know, the next time happen. we see him is Loki season two, which we know is coming sooner than we uh, I think anticipated. Yeah, but that's oh, fine. That's yeah. fine. Everyone kind of universally was into into Loki, and you know everyone's curious. There was I think that'll be the that left open. So yeah, I think you know, and I think Loki season happens. two is going to be the real like. Okay, this is where we're really going with the Kang thing. Like, I think we're going to get multiple variants throughout Loki season two. Did you hear the news about the Deadpool three? Which news? Because I mean, they're just really so. I know Ryan Reynolds wants to buy a hockey team and turn on uh, <laughs> Quebec into the new uh, the new Los Angeles or something like that. So or new yeah. Hollywood. But uh, besides all that, I'm talking about the Deadpool three. The plot behind it is allegedly going to be Deadpool versus the TVA. Nice. Where basically awesome. they're going to continue the thread from from Deadpool two, where he went back in time using Cable's time machine, and he created a bunch of incursions. Okay. okay. So now, like killing now, and killing the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. like Deadpool. Stuff. Deadpool is the reason why all these incursions are happening. <laughs> that, but you know what though, I'm which is also how he gets Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Because he and goes back. Wolverines. Yeah, there's going to be multiple Wolverines. That's amazing. Yeah, that, I mean, if, I hope that's true. I'm here for it. I hope that's true. That'd be fantastic. I'd be so into it. Is Xavier in the movie um, site? I don't remember if I saw. I don't know, know if he's in Deadpool three. They were talking about they're possibly bringing in a bunch of different people that played X Men. They got into Deadpool man. three. You know what they got to do is they got to bring back James Marston and have him kind of do Cyclops justice because they bitched him out in the uh, original trilogy, to be honest. And he deserves, um, he deserves I'd rather not James Marston come back to be Cyclops, to be honest. Why not? He's a good Cyclops. No, he's not. What do you mean? Who's a better I Cyclops mean, besides the animated character? Uh, no one because no one else has ever played him, but that's not the point. That's not true. Oh, I'm sorry. They, Who's the other kid? The, the, nobody, knows, nobody knows the name. He, he became yeah, a guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> that kid. Come on, get yeah. out of here, bro. That's what you I'm saying. James Marston. You don't. James no, Marston you know, is the best. I want. I want. Oh, I want. The kid from uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. I don't know his name either, but he, he played too, Cyclops. Man. Hangman. Hangman should be Cyclops. I don't even know who Hangman is. Hangman from Top Gun Maverick should be Cyclops. Oh, there's uh, no one else I want to play than Hangman. No, uh, Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. No, no, not That's Scott Eastwood. Could be somebody else. No, that was Hangman. No, no, it's not. The one who left you out, to, he left you out, to, he hung out to dry. That is, that is sure not Scotty's wood. I'll, I'll bet you a thousand dollars it's not Scotty's wood. Let's look it up. Let's see right now. Top Gun, Maverick, Hangman. Let's see. Who the plays Hangman? They don't give me his name. Are you kidding me? Uh... Oh, Glenn Powell. Who the fuck is Glenn Powell? He looks Hangman. like Scott Eastwood. All right, you beat me there. You got me there. <laughs> My bad. I no, could Miles that. Teller exactly should not be Miles Teller should not be Cyclops. I'm sorry. Who says Miles no. Teller? Steve-O? Steve. Miles Watch Teller? Out. Why can't no. he be? No, he shouldn't be Cyclops. Nah, I don't nah, think nah. he plays Cyclops. Unless nah. he's playing the drums. I don't know if he should play Cyclops. 
No. I'm not even looking at the comments here. Uh, <laughs> Xavier and Magneto are apparently in the movie. All right. Are we getting uh, Ian McKellen Magneto or are we getting... We're probably um, going to get all four. Because they're yeah, time travel. All four actors? Yeah. They're time traveling. Why not? They better not screw this movie up. Speaking of uh, Deadpool, actually. What's going on, David? Speaking of... Oh, that's uh, my mom's husband. What's up? Oh. We got multiple people in the chat. Everybody's here. Um, speaking of Deadpool and rated R shit, mm-hmm. uh, it did come out that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio basically said that D- Daredevil Born Again will not pull back the punches for yes. uh, the next season of, De- of Daredevil, which and is good. I- I'm hearing it's going to be violent. Have you seen the Barenthal news? What did he say? He's going to be in Deadpool Born Again. <laughs> oh, yeah, we talked about that. I could we talk about that. The last uh, I don't think we did. Did we not? We it's been took a week off. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> Deadpool is coming back. John Bernthal is coming back, and yeah. we all knew. I think uh, Scythe actually said it in one of the, uh, <coughs> one of the episodes, maybe maybe on Multiversal Podcasts or here, that John Bernthal has been very vocal that he would not come back as Deadpool if they weren't. I mean, sorry, as uh, Punisher, Punisher. If they were, if they were going to change the character and kind of Disneyfy it essentially. Yeah. So, Excuse me. The fact that he's back is a good sign that we're going to get a more and brutal kind of show, which is what it should be. There is almost there's a huge rumor that's almost all but been confirmed that he is also going to be in Armor Wars. He has to be. Oh God! You know the, the thing is, if they don't put him in the War Machine armor, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. I want the War Machine armor so bad, it's, bro. It's the, it's the hands down best version of that armor, just <laughs> looks wise and everything. And to have John Bernthal oh. with his intensity in that yeah. armor, just mowing down fools, you know they're going to do that. There's no way they have do to. They There's have no to. You There's no other option. Not do that. There's no uh, other person I thought of when I read that. He's got to put on the armor and just go to town. And I want Rhodey to make a joke of like, I didn't realize I could be that violent in that, yeah. that outfit or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like 100%. He's just doing that, Punisher, that Punisher scream like, ah, as the shoulder can. I, just, I got goosebumps. <laughs> you can't see it on camera, but I got goosebumps just thinking about oh, that. Oh, God, amazing. bro. I'm, I'm so Speaking of um, segue, speaking of goosebumps, let's talk about Mandalorian. We're two <laughs> weeks uh, after the last episode. Did you watch today's episode? I did. I did. Bro. Bro. Let me, pull up. Let me pull up. Let me just pull up a cool image here. Hold on. Let's pull this bad boy up. We're going to present it. Let's see. Bam. Look at this thing. Look at this bad boy. This is just like, this gets me so fired up seeing all these Mandalorians oh, in the armor. Absolutely wild. Like, it, so we basically missed last episode was a short one. It was essentially Din Jaren and uh, Bo-Katan working with the Mandos, like training, being accepted into their group. Yeah. And uh, we saw Grogu doing some training and they basically earned their stripes by helping. We Vizla, actually which, we actually haven't talked uh, about the last three episodes. You realize that, right? No. Two weeks ago, we talked about the first what two or three. No, no but we talked about three. No. We didn't because we we filmed on Tuesday. It comes out on Wednesday. Oh uh, well, who cares about the third one? That was a boring episode anyway. <laughs> that was the uh, the the New Republic episode. Yes, the New Republic episode. Um, I mean that yeah. wasn't boring honestly because clearly there's a, they're setting this up to explain mm-hmm. away or not explain away, but to do a better job of explaining Palpatine being cloned, uh, Snoke being cloned. You know, I yeah. think my kind of theory is that we're gonna find out Thrawn is essentially on Exegol right now, which is the planet that was in Rise of Skywalker. Yes. And uh, he's he's basically experimenting, trying to figure out how to make a clone that can handle the Emperor's dark side energy. Um, That's what I'm thinking. 
it's very similar to what Dave Filoni did with Clone Wars and the Rebel Show, where he basically mm-hmm. made previous movies better. He made the Clone Wars movie a million times better by showing us the actual war. Um, yes, and he, and even making uh, Revenge of the Sith, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, Revenge of the Sith better. So like you know, he's doing exactly that. He's doing what he does best, mm-hmm. um, expanding the universe. So, yeah, so it, I love the way he's bringing in characters slowly. He's connecting all the threads. He's really doing what I think Marvel has been trying to continue to do, and they're kind of slipping a little bit because maybe they're getting a little too big. He's kind of doing exactly that for Disney World, which I'm I'm loving. I'm here for. Um, yeah. Speaking of Rebels, I actually have an image up already. Hold on. We got our finally we got a lot another live action Rebels character. I know Zeb. I, like, when Zeb. this guy popped up on screen, I could not believe it. I got so excited. I did not expect to see I, him. I, you know what? I honestly wasn't sure if it was him or not because I just thought it could be somebody else from his like race or whatever. You know what I mean? But then I was like, oh, that's definitely oh, Zeb. I mean, he looks exactly like the character. No, no, no. I, it's, I definitely, guess, uh, it's definitely Zeb. I just like at first you're just kind of like because you know you see the dog face guys, you see the fuck the the lizard yeah, face yeah. guys, and you're just like, ah, is that the guy? Is that not the Let guy? Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you think he is going to be coming back is this like a hint that essentially he's going to be involved in the ahsoka show and we're going to see a live action kind of like a team up of all the characters from rebels i mean so far what we know is all of the star wars shows are going to be connected in some way shape or form right so we know that the pirates from this past episode the past couple episodes are going to be heavily involved in skeleton crew so you have to assume that nothing is like a one-off, you know. So I'm assuming right. Zeb would come back for these shows. So um, I hope he does. I mean, and and I the I don't remember the the other guy's name, the other Rebel Starfighter guy, the the Asian guy. I don't remember his name, but he's been a constant throughout the whole show, anyway. So I have, I have a picture of him. Hold on, you talking about this guy over here? Let's pull him up. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's been a constant through the whole show anyway. So I, I don't see how they would bring in Zeb and not use him later on. It's cool that they they're kind of like giving him a little bit more of a role too. Uh, yeah, I love the I love the kind of thread that he basically reached out to Mando because he knows that he was friends with uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, so that was like a nice little connection. I really love so in this anyone who watched today's episode again, we're gonna go into spoilers, but uh, in this episode, the pirates that we saw in episode one. And that Din Jaren basically uh, uh, embarrassed in episode, I want to say it was three or four, um, returned to the planet that Carl Weathers' character's on. I think he's a magistrate or, or high magistrate, or whatever he called himself. Yeah, the high and, magistrate. Uh, they essentially they took it over. They essentially said, we're, you know, we don't like this place being legal. We're going to make it illegal again. The Rebel Alliance, so the new Rebel Alliance is, was nowhere near them to kind of help. So this guy you see here on the left, I can't remember his character's name, reached out to Din Jaren and basically said, you know, your boy is in trouble. And Din said, well, the Mandalorians need a place to stay. Let's stop hiding. Let's go save them. And then we got this episode where one of yeah. the best battle scenes like, of the show of Mandalorian. I mean, it was Which phenomenal were, seeing the Mandalorian. Uh, absolutely like phenomenal. Absolutely but phenomenal. I, honestly, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, in my opinion, because man, this show has no right looking and being as good as it does. <laughs> And it, it definitely sets the bar high for what we want out of the Disney Plus shows. <laughs> yeah. And then we go and watch the Marvel shows that are not hitting those highs. They're, yeah. they're just not. I mean, look, right listen, time, I'll, you know? I'll be 100% honest with you. There were some CGI missteps in this episode. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you it's know, not all but, perfect. You know, but I mean, at this point, like with, with the shows, I, like, 
I'm okay with it at this point because it is what it is. I know the budget's not as big as the movie, so they're not going to be able to get everything 100% perfect. So I just kind of let it slide at this point because like, I'm not going to sit here and bitch about like, oh, that ship took off a little funky or, or that that CGI shot where that guy got shot was a little weird, you know? Right. Because at this point, you're you're just so immersed in the whole thing that it, I don't think it really matters. It really was the whole finale of this of this episode, with the with the Mandos showing up and you see Jin using his ship again to just freaking obliterate pirates. Yeah, it, it's just it was just so good. It was intense. You kind of knew you know that they were gonna win, but it was just I just loved it so much. I was so into it. Yeah, and now they're gonna rebuild Mandalore. Right, like so they're basically so the idea of Bo basically being sent out on a mission oh, let me pull a picture of her up for anyone who uh, um, hasn't seen this episode what basically happens by the end of the episode is Bo-Katan is actually given permission by the armorer to take her helmet off to go out and find other Mandalorians across the galaxy and bring them to this planet where they're basically going to be hanging out for a while to build an army big enough an army of Mandalorians to go back and take their home again which yep. is a phenomenal setup for what we're going to get in the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um, it's a good payoff for her character as well. They still haven't, they still have not verified whether or not she has the dark saber, which is a big question mark. Yeah. We don't I think know that, who that is. I think I'm, she is technically supposed to have it. I think because Din, he lost it to that creature on Mandalore and then she fought that creature and won. So I think by the rules of Mandalorians, like she technically owns the saber. But they haven't talked about it. We haven't seen it in two episodes now. Yeah, we haven't. I don't know. Who, so, the that's a big deal thing because if cool. she shows that no, saber, is. then other Mandalorians are going to join her, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it is, you know? Um, but again, like the, the armor is saying that she walks amongst both worlds because she is both understands the ways of the Mandalorian. Right. Like the, the, the subsect super religious side, like these guys. And the other side where you take your helmet off and kind of like live amongst the regular people. Um, that's how she's able to go unite all the tribes of Mandalore. So right. it, it's going to be very, very interesting. We're going to get a lot, a lot of Mandalorians in this show. And I'm loving it. Like seeing that whole side of things. I, I got a question for you because um, you have more star Wars knowledge than I do. Shoot. Uh, um, when do the Mandalor- Mandalorian Wars take place in the Star Wars timeline? That's a long time ago. That's way before. It's like a, it's like way before, right? Yeah, wait, like like I, I want to say it was pre, like the days uh, of Jedi and stuff, right? Yes, I think yeah, I think it's way way before anything we've seen on screen. Okay, all right, um, that's right. So, I thought. so none of it has been shown to us or like that, or you know, we've seen clips and, and yeah. scenes and heard stories, but. Um, in the books, I mean, it's a long, long time ago. Yeah, so that's I, why that's why you know Jango Fett is kind of by himself. That's why Boba Fett is by himself for a long time. Like yeah. not, the Mandalorians were in hiding for a super duper long time, and they were a very yeah. small group of people. No, because I remember reading something about the Mandalorian Wars, and it was uh, like certain Jedi turned against the Mandalorians, mm-hmm. and they hu- went hunting Mandalorians and stuff like that, and it kind of made them not Jedi. But just yeah. kind of like force users that were under Jedi, and yeah, like well, that's, whole... all, that's all the old canon, the legend stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously, uh, the new the Disney is now borrowing heavily from a lot of the books and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll probably see that kind of stuff play out. Um, but mm. I don't know, you know, I don't know how much we're gonna get, how much more Jedi stuff we're gonna get. I mean, they basically established 
that the only Jedi out there is Luke at this point in the show. Excuse well, me. and then they, they I mean, uh, uh, Shoka is a Force user. Shoka is a Force user. She's technically not a Jedi, um, right? She's a great Jedi. But there's got to be, the there's got to be other ones hiding, right? Like it just, we just haven't. Yeah, I mean, like, Ezra, Windu, Ezra's got to be there. Ezra's well, got to be there. He's going to be in the Ahsoka show. He's already, they cast his character. Yeah, there, so, so he's going to be Cal, there. Cal's got to be there somewhere, right? There. He, yeah, no, Cal Kestis is out there. He's he's going to make his live action debut at some point, and it's the same actor um, and stuff. So and he's then, out there. You have a couple other ones, which means Cal's Cal's mentor is out there. So that's you know, so right there is like four. I I did read that. Um, you know, Mace Windu. That's what I'm saying. Is, is Mace Windu else. still alive at this point? As of right now, he's believed to be dead. That's basically uh, how we can word it. We don't know. Okay. Uh, no one knows if he's alive or not. Um, and Yoda's got, technically you know, still out there too. Yoda, no, Yoda's dead now. This is this is after episode five. So Yoda's. I thought this was right in between four and five. Uh, no, is it? I don't think so. I don't know, honestly. I'm very lost on like this is the one thing this show hasn't done well for us is like explain where in this jet in the in the timeline that this show actually falls. This says season one of the Mandalorian took place five years after the return of the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after yeah, so, so this is six. this is after Luke basically kills Vader and the Emperor. So this is between after episode, episode six, six and episode nine, and episode seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, it's so Yoda, after... Yoda's gone. Yoda's gone. Vader's gone. Right. Grogu's um, around. Grogu's, the Grogu's, Grogu's around. Um, and then basically it's just Luke and whatever other weird Jedi are left. So you got to figure Ezra, Cal. I don't know. I I wish there was a better like timeline for the for Star Wars because it's it's very confusing I feel sometimes. Like you have to explain it. You know, yeah. the one thing we got to keep in mind too is it seems like every flashback we get or every every piece of information we get back to Order sixty six, we're seeing new Jedi, other Jedi yeah. escaping. So I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more Jedi out there than we know about. Um, That's what I'm but assuming, just, but but you know. then like they're but they're missing the whole like Vader hunting down Jedi thing. Well, that's what th- that's kind of where Thrawn technically is supposed to come into play. Although yeah. I think he, they're gonna, like I said, they're gonna show him doing something else. I'm assuming yeah. that's why they introduced Gideon, Moff, G- Moff Gideon, because mm-hmm. you know he's kind of. It seems like he's gonna be one of the big bads or the big bad of the, of the Mandalorian show. If, if I'm not mistaken, like, and the Obi Wan show kind of led us to this too, is that Vader and his Inquisitors are actively hunting Jedi. Well, that all happens before well, Mandalorian. That's all before this. Yeah, that's all before yeah, this. Yeah. So, so that's before episode four. Yes. Yeah, 100%. You know, so. So none of that comes into play. Yeah. So then is Cal and Ezra. Ezra should be there. Definitely. Right. Because Ezra. Ezra's 100%. Ezra's the Rebels show ends after episode six. Yes. So it's yeah, literally yeah. in the same time frame as this show. Same yeah. thing. Episode, um, uh, but Cal. Cal was around with Vader. Uh-huh. Yeah, and but it, it takes place. <coughs> excuse me, but but he's not dead. I mean, the the games take place earlier, so yeah, the, the Fallen Order game takes place, I think, after Episode Four. So it's like between four, yes. and five. Yeah, I yeah. say. So Vader's still around. Vader's doing his thing. He's got Inquisitors. He's um, got Inquisitors. I thought it was before next, four. To be honest with you, it may it may be before four. I thought but I thought still, Cal would be around off. when the Obi Wan show is really happening. You know it what could I'm saying? Be, but I mean, it doesn't that doesn't mean that he's not still around. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see. In I mean, guys, technically that's true, but 
Right. You know, you how old would he be die, at that point? You know? Yeah, but how I mean, old would he be his, at that point? He's only in his, like, 20s in the in the game, so he could be in his 40s now. He'd be the same age as Luke. Yeah, see, the thing is, we also don't know how long the first, you know, four, five, and six well, are as far as space right. well, time. I think, uh, <sighs> yeah, we were, I think the, the four and five took place within, like, uh, within months of each other. Like, okay. you know, the Rebels, the Rebels win, then they're trying, they're living on Hoth, the Empire comes back and all that shit. Then I think a year passes, I want to say, for episode six. But I could be making that up. Yeah. You know, it's been a while since I've even looked at it. And then it's up. five years. So who Mandalorian knows? takes place five years after right. episode six. Right. So you're talking about Cal being almost. He would 50? be in his like 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Like or late 40s, in his early 50s. 50s. So if they get yeah. the same kid to play Cal, it's not going to work. <laughs> Yeah, you can age him up a little bit. Listen, uh, you know they're they have ninety I mean, thousand forward. I'm just thinking, Indiana like Jones, so you know, yeah, I'm just thinking, it it, like this is where this is the one problem I have with like the Star Wars connected universe that they're creating now is that they have not done a good job about con- explaining when when the timelines yeah, well, roll. I think they're I think they're kind of leaving it up to us to figure it out on our own. Yeah, and it's know. really frustrating. <laughs> it, it is, but you know, I, I guess uh, I'm at a point where it's almost like I'm not questioning it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're so used to like getting the MCU and all that stuff. I'm kind of like, let me just enjoy what yeah. I'm getting and yeah. not even worry about the details. Like that. Although I will at some point, it will bother me. I have to look it up. Um, yeah. I'm sure I could find something online that sort of explains the timeline. But I did see an article earlier today on uh, I think it was Screen Rant where it was basically like why the timeline of the Mandalorian is all over the place. And I didn't read the details because I'm like, I just didn't even want to confuse myself. Yeah. I enjoyed the episode too much. No, and listen, the episodes have been amazing what we've gotten so far. Even even like the the Republic episode was was good because it showed us at least um like what's it it's showing us slowly how the Empire is taking over the Republic from within. I love that. You know I, what I'm saying? I really like I do like the setup. It was just one episode. It kind of comes back into play a little bit here with that with that girl kind of showing up with yeah. uh fucking Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows of all fucking people <laughs> appears out of nowhere. I was like, what is he doing here? Um, but at least it tied it in, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, with the the Republic episode. Yeah. I just think I think the setup is good and Dave Filoni and John Favreau in particular are really doing a good job about giving us little breadcrumbs to let us kind of piece the overall puzzle together without just rushing to the end, which is what I yeah. want, you know. One thing I will say about this episode and I'm going to share this picture is uh that we lo- we finally got this got rid of this guy, yeah. The the leader of the pirates, he uh, meets his demise in this episode. And in oh, really I have a funny fashion. feeling he's going to be back though, because I think, think he's. So? Uh, well, we didn't see the body, right? So no, it's not thumb, that. Right? I think I think um, skeleton crew is going to take place before this. Oh, maybe that could be. And then he's going to be the the bad guy pirate in skeleton crew. I mean, look at the design of this guy. It's just creative as hell. I love it. I know it's so it's, amazing. It's like. It's like Grogu, not Grogu. It's like a um, Groot if uh, he didn't trim his. Leaves. It's like Groot mixed with Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just very like, and they like they try to make him look like like seaweed almost, even though there's no ocean. He's a space pirate. Yeah, he's not, you know what I mean? Yeah, right? <laughs> he's supposed to like look like one of those dead pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Besides, um, besides any of these characters, some of the big uh, uh, reveals in this episode was that Gideon didn't make it to trial so at the end of season what two i think he was captured and as far as we knew he was in prison um we find out today that he was freed or rescued or whatever you want to call it 
on his way to the trial. Mm-hmm. And the other big kind of mic drop moment was that he was actually rescued by what looks to be rogue Mandalorians. They had Beskar armor and they Allegedly. attacked the ship. The only thing, yeah, we don't the know only thing is Beskar. You know what I mean? That could be anyone could have that, right? Like, you know, yeah. we don't we don't know who uh maybe somebody has a skill to to actually manipulate the armor and it's not just the armorer, which is one thing they'll learn, I guess. But Moff yeah. Gideon's still out there. And you, and you know he's going to want to get his dark saber back and I don't know get his his ranking back with the empire so that's a big uh, a big reveal and I think that points towards him being a more specific big bad for the Mandalorian show yeah because didn't the um where where Jin got his uh, his spear from that was they he had Beskar from yeah but he got that from uh, Mando didn't from the uh, the armor didn't he. Where do you get that from? No, no. Remember, he fought that the person with the spear on that planet in season two. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, but we don't know that that person created the spear. For all we know, they took the spear from a, a different person. But that's what I'm saying. It's like they, the Mandalorians are not the sole owners of all the best car ever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. And even Boba back. Fett had to get his armor back from yeah, uh, from yeah. Uh, Timothy Oliphant. So yeah, they had to bring his so, character back. Man, his character was awesome. He's dead. Did he die? Didn't he die in Boba Fett? Yeah, he died. Yeah, Pretty right, sure he died. Because we were all upset that stuff. he died because we wanted to see I can't him be like a marshal. Yeah. Best Remember uh, of the episode? Cad Bane killed him. He, he killed him in the right, showdown. You're right. you're right. But the the speaking of Cad Bane, the best moment of this episode was the pirate that kind of looked like Cad Bane being like, yeah, yeah out. Like, we had a good run, but I'm done. He just Deuces. knew he was going to get killed. He Which like, I mean, I he might end up being the pirate from Skeleton Crew. Also, like, there's there's right. a possibility of that. But um, but again, again like this, we, this is why the show is so good, right? There, there are threads there that we can yeah. see now that can easily connect. But it's yeah. not explained to us 100. We're going to find out shit when we watch the show. But yeah. they really do a good job of setting up these uh, connections. Because we have we have two new Star Wars shows coming out, right? Skeleton Crew and Acolyte. Yep, and Ahsoka. Yep. So we have three. And Ahsoka, but Ahsoka yeah. is not for a while still. I think Ahsoka. I don't think is until next year. Yeah, but but I don't Skeleton think. Crew, I think is later this year. Is it? I, I want to um, double check, but I don't think Acolytes till next year either. That's probably not until next year. Yeah, because I don't even I haven't even heard anything about that. But Skeleton you Crew figure... is this year, is this year for sure. Okay. When does Ahsoka come out? Ahsoka is set to come out. It says fall of 2023, but uh, that may that may, maybe they'll change that up. Yeah, I mean, really, Mando would would run until Secret Invasion. Acolyte is the next year. Yeah, right. Mando's going to run until Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion will run until Ashoka, and then Ashoka will probably run until Skeletor Crew. It's Ahsoka, not Ashoka. Whatever, Ahsoka. man. Ahsoka. There's an H Although in there. It is spelled the way you're saying it, but that's just not how it's said. Yeah. What's uh, <laughs> let's see, let's go John Wick four because now we got to pivot. We're gonna pivot to John Wick. Oh, no. did we miss anything about Mandalorian? I don't think we. Miss- I think we. I mean, that. it was amazing. I don't know what else to say. Right, like we we can kind of keep just saying that over and over again. It was fantastic, yeah. and you should absolutely watch it if you haven't yet. Yeah. But we're gonna pull up the man of the hour. This is the guy that I just really want. I will say about, just but- real quick on the Mandalorian thing that the pirates giant corsair ship looked amazing that was cool the visuals were great in this episode yeah, the way, the they, the way awesome. they used it was cool i love the scene the yeah. the mandalorians all kind of uh uh fall out of the ship on their way in I, we got another scene actually probably my favorite scene of the whole episode was when din 
was fighting the pirate ships, the small ones. And uh, the one, the main, the pirate that runs away is like, he's above you. And then like within seconds, he just shoots him and goes down. Now he's below you. Whoa, he you. Up. Now he's behind you and he kills him again. And it's kind of like, yeah. fuck, man, this guy's too fast. We've seen this another best uh, uh, scene about how good that ship is. Yeah, we've seen the best dogfight uh, Star Wars scenes in The Mandalorian. Oh, hands down. So far. Absolutely. In any of all Star Wars. So. I think so too. Like, like Rogue One, the the space the space battle at the end of Rogue One is up oh the there battle on the beach. Well, not not just the battle on the beach, like just everything. The we had yeah. the battle in space, the battle on the beach, yeah. and then like the the guys on you know um, the, undercover the, trying to get their shit done. Yeah, the it's battle one of the on the best, beach, like definitely. overall war scenes. Yeah, in Star Wars, but that space battle for me is like really like the the bar that everything yeah. needs to hit mandalorian is the only other thing that's come close or even matched the awesomeness of those battles yeah you know what i mean i mean and don't listen i'm not taking away from the original star wars movies those are classics for a reason you know for their time they were very innovative and all that kind of stuff but when you watch them now they don't hold up as well no they don't. i feel like rogue one you'll watch 20 years from now <laughs> And that that space battle will still be as intense and as awesome. That beach scene is going to feel just as intense. I want, I want, one hundred percent. I want that Creedence Clearwater song to be playing during that. Fortune Son. I do want them to visit that kind, that style of battle in Star Wars. We still haven't really seen. Now I'm not talking. Well, about we, saw battle, the, we saw it. We saw in Rogue One portion though. of it. Yeah, we saw, we saw it in Rogue, Rogue one, one. But I'm saying like. Yeah. That was so intense to see the Empire from that perspective, yeah. to see the ATATs. I want to see more of that, you know. Like I would love yeah. to see them explore that kind of stuff more. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Bakers can't be choosers. We're getting some good stuff with Mando right now. Mando's hands down the best Star Wars show. It's not even close. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But now talking about the best property <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Se- segway, segway. <laughs> My first question to you is: John Wick Four. The best one out of all the John Wicks. So action wise, like raising the bar wise, absolutely. I think th- there's a special place in my heart for the first one. Because of to, how, right? You can't. You yeah, don't get John Wick four unless you get. Yeah, the, yeah you I, but it's but it's something about not even that. Like the simplicity of the story in the first one, and just the um th- the more mystique about John Wick than anything else where like that whole scene where you know uh john leguizamo calls him uh calls the russian guy and he's like he's like i heard you hit my son he's like yeah i did but your son didn't tell you what he did did he and he's yeah. like what did he do he's like he stole john wick's car and he's like oh no yeah and, and he killed his dog and he, you see the look in the guy's face and he just starts beating the crap out of his son he's like you don't understand what you've done this is the baba yaga I love when he goes. Oh, yeah. it's not when his son's like, "Oh, because I stole a car." He's like, "It's not what you did; it's who you it's did." It who to. you did it to? You don't He's understand. Like, you, my favorite line in John Wick One is when he goes, "You won't do anything because you can't do anything." Yeah, He's like, I'll have to try and deal with it. And even he knows, like, it's probably not going to work out for me. But yeah. I'm going to try my best. Like, like he knows at that moment that they're all dead. <laughs> this movie was just, you know. So, but this movie, I, going back to this movie, like, wow. I agree with you. Like you don't get this movie right, right if we don't have the first one, and yeah, the first yeah. one is unbelievable. Holds up well. I love yes. all of them, um, but I would say this one is the closest to basically. If I'm giving them rankings, I guess it would be the first movie because it started the franchise. This movie because it literally this movie elevates action 
I could see it influencing action scenes for the first 100%. And they all technically do that, but this one's like, it's just on another level, man. Every character in this movie is amazing. They're all like, they're just Donnie Yen is absolutely amazing in this movie. He steals the movie. I mean, like, he really, as the blind assassin, yeah, almost you root for him. You know what I mean? And and we're going into full spoilers, so I'm just going to say it. At the end of this movie, Donnie Yen kills John Wick. All right, I gave you guys another allegedly. chance. Allegedly, allegedly, you know, we'll allegedly. get to that. We'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but as far as this movie is concerned, he kills John Wick, right? It, it, like, you know, they did a great job with his character when he kills the hero of the franchise, and you're not even upset about it. You're kind of like, yeah, you know what? You kind of, you kind of knew it was going to come because he was just that yeah. amazing with his just his abilities throughout the entire movie. So good, and I love the detail that he willingly gave his eyes. To the high table, yes, and, yeah. and to become this like blind assassin that's just freaking phenomenal. Like you know, it's just a nice little wrinkle to his personality. Well, I thought he did it to save his like, daughter. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they say that you know, who knows? Yeah, you know, I guess they they threatened him. That he had to be an assassin. I don't know why yeah. he had to be blind, but you know, who knows? They don't they don't fully explain everything, which is fine. Uh, it's fine. It's the it's but the like, John Wick universe. Just just speaking of them elevating action for going forward, we had basically a continuation of everything we've seen from previous movies, right? There's a character with a dog and it's used in an inventive way where you're kind of like, I want a dog and I want to train him to do exactly the same thing. Yeah. You have, you, they introduce us to new assassins in this world. We, we see a full blown war happen at a whole nother continental uh, hotel mm-hmm. in uh, Hong Kong. I think it was no, um, Osaka. Osaka. Sorry. Um, yeah. We I was see... very impressed that they used Osaka instead of Tokyo. Yeah, which, you know, the, the default, they always go to Tokyo. But Yeah, default, they always go to Tokyo. I was very happy that they went to Osaka, especially since Osaka in Japan, this is where, like, my martial arts knowledge goes a little, like, too crazy. But Osaka was really the birthplace of most martial arts in Japan. So which it I'm makes sure sense. That's why Chad Tahelski wanted it. Yeah, which is why it makes sense that Osaka would be the home of the Continental. But go on. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't you off there. No, but, like, you, you get a sword fight with Hiro, Hiroyuki Sanada versus Donnie yeah. Yen. Like yeah. you get sumo wrestlers. We have we have John Wick just manhandling people with nunchucks. Archers. Like, the nunchuck scene was oh my God, bro. So they I, talked I was about so it, right? Happy to see them use nunchucks properly once yeah. in the, a movie, bro. Yeah, like, it wasn't nonsense flashiness. Not, like it wasn't okay. any of that. It was so, literally like I'm just gonna fuck people up. Like legit like, on how to use nunchucks in a combat situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. all right. So this is something a lot of our viewers may not know about. Your man Zuplex City here is that he is trained in a couple of different martial arts. All right, right. and I have I have trained in nunchucks before. Um, I have a couple pairs. <laughs> I'm able to use them pretty decently however watching john wick use nunchucks in an actual combat situation and be effective with them is something we've never seen in a movie before right never seen it like never seen arguably arguably you know people would say that you've seen it in the bruce lee movies right but go back and watch those movies kind of he puts he puts on a show you know he tries to like intimidate or whatever then it's one two three four that's it nunchucks are done which yeah. okay fine i guess that's uh, he smacks a guy in the face then he does 20 minutes of twirling it around his body and then he yeah. smacks another guy in the face and then he's like what, 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 right. 
Like here, no. you don't have that. Every time no. John Wick switches hands with the nunchucks, he does it because he's spinning to attack another, to fight another assailant. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not just flash for flash sake, which is what the fight scenes have always been. It's always about getting him to the ground, getting him dead, and moving on as quickly as possible. And you see that here. Um, At one so point, he, he's holding them both in one hand and yeah. using it and like a using it like a like a rattan stick, right? Yeah. So that is something that you're taught on how to actually use nunchucks the proper way right. is that you can do that with them. You right. know, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you, you get, you get a horse scene, right? Because they did a horse scene in the last one. So you got to put a horse scene in this one. You get fucking, in my opinion, two of the hands down best action scenes I've ever seen. One of them being the kind of final stairway fight. Although I felt that, that particular fight went a little long, it was just phenomenal. It was really well I, done. See, I felt that I, I didn't feel that it went long because it was kind of in the tradition of like old boy in the raid mm-hmm. and, yep. and all yep. of these. I got the same kind of like it was like an ode to those kind of movies. But I felt like it should have been. I know like John Wick is gun fu, right? You know. Yeah. That's what um, they call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it should have been more hand to hand combat than I with agree. guns. On I that stairway fight, because yep. I think it just would have flowed a little bit better. I know he's John Wick, so he he always is got a gun on him and everything like that. But really, he, they could have really like ex- well, accented so, his martial arts side. Before I get into what Steve says here, and it's yes, because totally that's agree the best you. scene of the movie. Best scene, the movie, the best scene in the movie, and in my opinion, the best action scene in probably the last decade since maybe the Matrix Revolutions highway chase. This scene is probably the best action scene we've ever seen. And you yeah. know, let's just get into it, and we'll talk. We'll go into my gripes about the movie uh, uh, later on. Uh, the overhead view of the last building was absolute masterpiece. You couldn't have said it better because number one, it's a one shot. There's there's yeah. two long takes for this entire action scene, which is unbelievable. The camera starts on the ground level, watching John go through room to room, and then just slowly hovers above him. It's like playing Hotline Miami. The camera's facing down, and for the first time, one of my yeah. favorite parts of this is that we get to see the bad guys before John does. So we kind of almost hold our Mm -hmm. breath of like, how is he going to fight this guy? You know what I mean? And we just see John taking him down. They added incendiary bullets. Dragon's breath. Dragon's breath. Dragon's breath. That is just beautiful. (laughs) It was like poetry in motion. It was just so nice. And it was just such an intense scene. They do it twice in this one action scene. And it's it's just... Chance Stahelski, for anyone who doesn't know, he's the director of the John Wick movies. He basically he, uh, created him, essentially. He started off as a stuntman. He did a lot of fight choreography. He was Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the original Matrix movies. He's been in the action world for a long time. He just has this way of being able to show you the landscape and keep the action, you know, no shaky cam. He puts everything on screen, and you could see it clearly. And he does it in a way where you're never confused. You always know what's happening and who's doing what and whatever. And it's just it, that scene, man, had me like at the edge of my seat. Like, holy fuck, we're watching history with that fucking action scene. It was so, so good. So, so good. Um, it's ab- absolutely insane that they were and able that's, to pull and that that's, We haven't even talked about the club scene because they have to put a club scene in there. With yeah. my favorite martial arts star out there right now, Scott Atkins, who steals his scenes. I mean, he's funny. <laughs> Then he starts fighting, and you see the classic Scott Atkins like that. spin kick. Klaus, like, Klaus, Klaus, Klaus stole that whole scene for me. Klaus stole. I am Klaus. <laughs> I am Klaus. I am Klaus. 
<laughs> it's just so good. Donnie Yen has the funniest joke in the entire movie when they're playing cards in the club scene and the, you know uh, John pulls out the I guess it's like a four of a kind the tracker pulls out the royal flush or whatever and Donnie Yen's like well let me look like even though he's blind <laughs> he's kind of playing along and then he's like let me let me guess John he's got five twos and John's like yep it's just like you know it's just it's no just so my good, favorite man. Donnie Yen scene scene in this movie though now that we're talking about Donnie Yen though is where he's eating ramen in the kitchen yeah. Yeah. and he's just kind of like the way that he's got to stop and the high council guy's like would you do something? And he's just like, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, fine, fine. But talk about badass, though. He literally slurps down the rest of his little ramen soup, puts it down. You know, there's a big f- war happening. He just walks out, just nonchalantly. Someone goes to shoot an arrow at him, and he just ducks under it and then kills the guy in two seconds. You're just like, holy the doorbell, crap, the doorbell ringing thing was absolutely absurd. D- did you not think those were explosions <sighs> or explosives? No, I thought so. I didn't know they were doorbells. I thought it was right. some something that was going to emit a sound for okay. him. I, I kind of pieced that together right away because, like, he's blind. I thought they so were going to be like distractions or something. Like he was going to have him go off. Maybe, yeah. maybe not an explosion, but something to just make people like look or whatever. Yeah. I did not think it was literally just going to be a doorbell. I thought so it was just going to be like I thought it was going to be like a subtle beep, like something that like he would hear, but they wouldn't catch on to. You know what I'm saying? Like right, a, like okay. a boom. Mm-hmm. Like a boom, like a, like yeah, a yeah. like a blip almost when it goes ding dong. Like, oh my god, doorbells! <laughs> it was so good. Even this, <laughs> even like Donnie Yen just has mastered the art of the blind like fighter. You know, we see Matt Murdock yeah. right in, in Daredevil do it, and I'm not taking anything away from Charlie from uh, what's his name uh, from Charlie Cox. Plays, from Charlie Cox. Yeah. He does a great job playing the character, but it is he does a, a phenomenal job. Of doing but it. he is a superhero, and it's kind of like yeah. understood that even though he's physically blind with all his extra senses, he still can kind of see anyway. In this movie, we constantly see Donnie Yen just reaching and touching things and making sure he knows like his bearings. And they do yeah. it so well that you really believe this guy can't see shit, and he's fucking everybody up. Yeah, it's just so good. What's the other point just... where they throw the? He throws a flashbang and just stands in the middle of it. How great is <laughs> that like, though? Just a great <laughs> detail. Like it's not going to bother him. So he just just like. Oh, this is so good, man. <laughs> I will say <clears throat> there are a few things now that I've had a few days to kind of calm down from the high because I just love the movie so much that, uh, you know, stood out to me. One of them being with the stairway fight that we were talking about before. Uh, it, you know, I agree with you. It should have been more hand to hand combat. Right. Yeah. Because there was no there's nothing to really take cover behind. And one thing that they have to kind of ease up a little bit on is the fact that John just lifts his jacket up. Yeah, the bulletproof suits kind of get to me a little bit too much. Like, what bothers me though is that the people he's fighting also have bulletproof suits. So how come yeah. when he shoots them, they feel it and they fall and whatever, but when they shoot him, he'll just take bullet after bullet after bullet, and it's there's like no reaction to it. See, so like the the, the lifting the jacket thing kind of makes a little bit more sense to me because if you lift the jacket and then there's a flap here, it, the bullet's hitting the flap. It's not really it's not hitting your you, body, right? Like he doesn't get in the hand. Like yeah, but see, once? like that's the thing, like the 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 bulletproof suit thing. I, I know they've been using it for a few movies. It's the one aspect of John Wick that always kind of just was just like, uh, well, and I know on how the, they used it back yeah. in back in uh, uh, John Wick Two. He has it, but he doesn't rely on it so much. Yeah, you know what I mean. He he yeah. gets shot and he feels it, and he gets stabbed, and obviously the stab still gets him. But like he he doesn't just flat out go, "I'm not gonna take cover. I'm just lifting my jacket up, and I'm good." And this one is a lot of scenes where I'm like, yeah. you know, when they're but they're in, doing in the it too, so, so it's just kind of like, and it's just a know. little it's a little too much, right? Yeah. Listen, I know the movie's not a realistic movie, 
It's not yeah. meant to be. But that's why it's, it's to... this is this is both the most realistic gunfight movie and unrealistic gunfight movie at the same time because of these then, reasons. You know, aside from that, my other little kind of gripe, which it's almost like as the movies get on and a little crazier and whatever, it stands out more. Is okay. Let's let, let's let's say we fully believe the bulletproof suit. You completely don't feel the bullets, right? Let's just say it's vibranium and you don't feel the bullets, yeah, which is the most what you will feel. Ever. What you will feel, though, is being hit by a car at 100 miles an hour <laughs> seven times in a row and your neck is flapping back and forth and whatever. Like, it doesn't protect you from a concussion. You know what well, I mean? That's like, why, that's why the, there's a the scene, scene when he drops out the right. window. Well, so that scene is crazy. He, he like, hits that freaking girder on the way down or whatever. There's the scene he hits he the car. Forced. He hits oh, the I'm car sorry. and just fucking lands on the concrete. I was like, oh my God. And he gets up. He gets, he gets up and just walks away. Like oh. he's a little, it's almost like it's more of a minor inconvenience. Scott yeah. Atkins kicks him off that balcony. He hits that thing on the way down, goes <laughs> spinning. And I'm just, and like, at least he kind of like gets up a little, like, oh, that didn't feel great. But then he just starts kicking ass again, you know? Yeah. And then the, 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 there's a whole action scene at the Arc de Triomphe, I think it is, where, and there's a lot of traffic and a lot of people get hit by cars. But John, in particular, the scene starts with John. He gets hit by a car that's f- flying in there, gets up, gets hit by another car. That car hits him so hard that he goes flying into a truck. He gets up, he fights somebody, then gets hit again. <laughs> I'm like, yo, something's <laughs> got to be broken. An arm, a kneecap, <laughs> like something has to hurt, you know? Yeah. Whiplash. Well, so, like, so speaking of, of, of that scene, when he, when he starts this scene off and he's walking across the street and he starts noticing all the assassins around him. Everybody just opens gunfire on each other in the middle of the road. Right. At, at least in John Wick 2, they were using silencers. They are yes, no they longer using silencers. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, you could kind of understand that, you know, when him and Common are, yes. are firing at each other in, in, in the, the train subway, station. Yeah, they're using like, silencers. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe maybe no one notices. You know, that type of shit. Maybe all right, I could kind of believe that no one notices this. They're in the middle of a fucking traffic area. People are yeah. eating and drinking coffee. You at see cafes. them. You see people at the cafe. You see people, themselves. and they're just opening fire on each other in the middle of the street. And no one at any point is like, "Well, uh, gunfire." I think it's the rule of cool, you know. Because even if you think about it, if you if you remember in the club scene, you know him and Scott Atkins <laughs> and these guys are fighting each other and beating the hell out of each other, stabbing and each other, shooting dancing each other. around them. People are just dancing. You, you. Yeah. I, th- I think I noticed once somebody looked like, "Oh my god, like what's happening?" <laughs> but like otherwise, everyone's just enjoying themselves. And I'm like, I guess they're just used to this, you know. So, uh, you know those are the those are the points where it's like, ugh. yeah. Well, you have to just enjoy it, go along for yeah, the ride. Exactly. You know? But exactly. my other thing that that this kind of bothered me. This is probably my real. Th- those things are more like nitpicks. Like I hope they adjust it a little bit for future movies, so it doesn't stand out as much. But my one like real kind of like uh, I didn't really like this part is, well, there's two things. One is the tracker. So there's a new character in the movie who they call. He calls himself uh, the. Tra- he's a tracker. Everyone calls him Mister Nobody. He's the character with the dog. Cool yeah. ass character Great has character. one of the best lines in the movie at the end of the movie when everything happens and he starts laughing and he just goes, "That's pretty good." Like you know, like it's yeah. just a really good <laughs> line. But in order to prove himself uh, dedicated or loyal to the the high table, he gets his hand stabbed on a table, and then instead of pulling the knife out, he pulls his hand through. Like that was like what he was supposed to do. The very next scene, his hand is wrapped up and he's grabbing things, he's punching bad guys, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, your hand is sliced in two. 
There's zero chance that you're going to yeah, do anything even, with that hand. Even when John Wick's hand is fucked up, you see when he's at, when he's doing the dueling pistols, he's not using his thumb to bring it back. Yeah, he's, you see him using, whole, he's like he's forcing he's gotta, it kind of because he can't yeah he's got to like force his whole hand because he can't grab it because because Kane stabbed him in the hand because he owed him, which one. was such a random thing that Kane yeah. did. I loved it though. I was like, oh yeah, you know, you owed him. But like you know, so that that's probably the one thing that I look a step too far for me. I'm like he at least at least yeah. if he hit somebody and then was just like you know like it just reacted, it would have yeah. it would have been fine. But he's punching people. He's being all suave. He's grabbing shit, and I'm like, your hand has to be throbbing in pain. What like you know? That, there's no way. There's no way how tough you are. You're not yeah. wearing Kevlar gloves. I you did, gotta be able to. But I the thing I enjoyed about the tracker the most was that so he has the dog. He's got the backpack. Mm-hmm. He but but his weapon. His weapons of choice are like an old school revolver and a yeah. lever action rifle. And I was like, yeah. that is so badass, dude. It's like, it's like almost out of place, but he it's just. Yeah, yeah. but he's, got, but he's got like the modified new version of a lever action, yeah. like a Marlin with the, like a rail on it and everything like that. And he can kind of like, and he's taking it apart, putting it back together, putting it yeah. in his pack and stuff like that's all where he takes the book bag and like flips it over in front of him and it acts as a bulletproof vest. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. a cool character. I will say he had a little bit of like the Indiana Jones syndrome, where if you remove his character from the movie, yeah, then nothing really no changes. So like, yeah. he didn't really need to be there. Um, nah. I'm wondering though if he was introduced. You know, there's a lot of characters for future spinoffs. We already have two spinoffs yeah. coming out. There's the the, the um, continent ballerina show and the, and the ballerina show. movie. Yeah. So those two, I'm 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 here for. I'm into it. Um, yeah. But I, I would love to see a movie maybe with. Uh, um, Hiroyuki Sonata's daughter. I think mm-hmm. her name was Akira in the movie. Akira, yeah. Um, she wants revenge on Donnie Yen, and if you stay to the end credits, you don't know yet if she had that revenge or not. Yep. Um, I would love to Which see was that. Cool. Would... A cool point, like not to like Tarantino and Kill Bill is like he when he when Kane looks at her and goes, "I'll see you again soon." Yeah, because he no. knows that she's gonna come and try yeah. and come back and kill him. It's just yeah. the the you got to avenge the fallen. Yeah, of, he's like he's he's not, he's not a dummy. You know what I mean? He knows what yeah. what, what he did. He knows the choice that happened. You know. Yeah. Um, I would love to see a movie on the tracker though, or a show. I would watch mm-hmm. that. I mean, the character was cool as shit. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Can we you talk know. about the fact that Lance Reddick died oh. a week and a half think, ago? Do you think that they went back and added that into the movie? That line? No, no. Wait, which line? Where they're on the boat and he's like, uh, "I had to bury my concierge." And I, uh, I, I had so many words. I don't know what to put on his tombstone. And John says to him, well, what'd you end up putting? He he goes, just what he was, friend. Yeah. You know, they could have. I, I was, when they when they said it, I was like, did they go back and add this in? Because it's so. It would be, if they did, that'd be a kind of a baller move on their part. Um, yeah. But I don't know. So, they, I mean, they could have. Right? ADR been, is easy. ADR is easy, in front of a green screen in his house, you know what I mean? Like you don't need much to have him just. It yeah. was zoomed in on his face when he said it, so it's not like yeah, he needed yeah. an entire set or a cast. You just needed him to record himself saying it. Um, so they could have. I would love if they if they could verify that. To be honest, because that would be yeah. that would be a really nice kind of little. It just seems so. It seems so perfect and such a such a like a great homage to to, to the late great Lance Reddick. That uh, you know, I, I was I was sitting there in the theater. They said the line, and I was like, "Did they add this in afterwards, or was just just the greatest timing of all time?" 
Like John, I went to see it with the captain himself, and uh, he definitely he hit me on the arm, and he was like, "Yo, this guy just died, and now he's getting shot in the movie. Like that's crazy." Yeah, you know, I definitely was like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, yeah, they obviously didn't know, you know, they didn't plan it, you know. No, but I mean, but I thought the marquee played by uh, I think it's Bill Skarsgård was yeah. an asshole, which is exactly what you wanted him to be. I was so happy that see, he got killed at the end. See, my thing is this: uh, this is one of my big big problems with the movie is that. John always John Wick always has to go up against all of these guys that really aren't worthy of fighting John Wick. Right. But they have 100%. armies behind them, right? Right, they're in but charge. At least, but at least when he gets down to the last guy, there's some sort of, you know, th- there's some sort of formidable against them. Like especially in in 2. Um uh the I, I can't remember the guy's name. But, you know, when he finally gets to him, he fights him a little bit. You know what I mean? But no, because in two, he kills the guy in the Continental in New York. The guy's the guy runs. The oh, Continental yeah. he's like you're right. You're right. Really, the only, the only one where he actually went hand to hand with the final boss, if you will, was, was three. the first one. No, it was the first one. No. no yeah, in, in, he... in, in, three, in three, they fought the army of people. Yes. Remember the, the, the high table sent an army, him and Lance yeah. Reddick or, or Sharon fought like this whole army basically. And then he basically goes to Winston, who's talking to the Arbor Arbor Trader or whatever her, she called herself. I can't arbitrate are ridiculous. Yeah. Um and then Winston shoots him off the, the roof. Yeah. So yeah. He, he didn't have like a yeah. final fight in any of them except for the first one. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean I it's in just this one too, right? Because he fought Donnie Ann, but it was it, there's something there's something about not having the final boss fight. In these movies, I, that always that is like, one thing I, that I would like. Like my, honestly, I feel like Common in John Wick Two was a phenomenal yes. guy to go toe to toe with. John yeah. won the first fight, and he left him alive on purpose. He literally yeah. said, "If you take this out, you're gonna die. I'm gonna leave you here. It's a it's a, a professional courtesy." They left that thread open. Why have they not brought him back? I mean, Common could be in, in his own movie one day. Who knows? Again, um, they they this Chad Stahelski knows how to introduce characters that I would one hundred percent want to see in the future. I'm wondering if yeah. the tracker is not related to Halle Berry. So that's I was wondering the same thing the whole movie. I was like, is this going to be? Is that going to wind up saying this is like Halle Berry's brother or something like that? Or didn't she have a son in that she movie? Like I, she said it. That yeah. she had a son. So who yeah, knows? So this could be the son, and maybe maybe there'll be a spinoff movie. And we'll kind of see that happen. I'm down for that. hundred percent. Yeah. Like every character is just amazing. I would see. I want to see a prequel of Scott Atkins in the fat suit, uh, being the the mob, the boss, the high table guy, or whatever. With, with, know, Klaus. with Klaus, I am Klaus. I am Klaus. I am Klaus. And I would love to see uh, Kevin Nash making a come back as his character in the prequel and find out he was working for Scott Atkins. But that, I mean, it's what this these movies have done so well is really built out this entire universe 100%. of of characters and like so. Now, here's the issue that they have, because the same people that made John Wick, they made Atomic Blonde, they made Mr. Nobody, uh, they made, there was one more. What's the other one that they made? Well, Chad Stahelski, well, they were, so they were all directed by different It's like people, producers. The writing teams yeah, are the same. Yeah, the writing yeah, teams are all the producers. The group. Yeah. Um, Extinction. Um, they did Extinction, too. No, but there was That's another, like. But there was another, there was another like standalone like, like this person movie? kills everybody assassin movie that they made. Um, um, it's Atomic Blonde, Mister Nobody, all the John Wicks, and then somebody else. I can't remember who it was. And now they have another one coming out. Let's 
that's World War II era called Sisu. Yeah, that one's coming out. Let's see. They did Atomic Blonde. Hold on. They, I know they did Hitman Agent 47. Ugh. Um Safe. Are you thinking of Safe? No. From 2012? No. It was something pretty recent. Remember we talked about it on the podcast. Wicked too, we game? Like, no. That's 2022. Let's see. I see the B. That's not it though. No, I don't. I think you. I think that's all of them. Like they, yeah. they've been involved in a lot of movies, but I think uh, as far as like the assassin kind of thing, they've basically uh, yeah named all the ones. Uh, I think there's one I'm missing, but we'll we'll figure it out at some point. But now, like they they all can't be in the same universe because they're made by different studios. Which yeah, that sucks. Which so they did hint, uh, Chad Stahelski did drop hints that in his mind, uh, Mr. Nobody, the the Bob Odenkirk movie, and yeah, the John Wick movies are in the same universe, but I think yeah. those are the only two that are under the same kind of production studio, yeah, or same, um, um, no, they're not, uh, they're not like made the right studio, studio or whatever it is, no, no but they're like not. The, the movie rights belong to the same company, no, they so don't, like the marketing Excellent. and all that stuff. I thought they did. Well, no, he said that they're the in the same universe, so Lionsgate owns one and then somebody else owns the other. I don't want the spinoffs. I want to know all the movies that they're in. It might be distribution rights. That distribution they, they, rights. That's the word. That's what. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Um, distribution rights are different. Because I looked it up at one point when I saw Stahowski talking about that. I was like, are they going to cross them over? And there's just no way they can. Um, it, it's like a Sony Marvel problem now. <laughs> I don't see it. It'll take more digging, but it's, you know, well, you could find it. Yeah, online, sure. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, though, like, Getting away from John Wick now, because even if they do end up bringing him back, which they obviously can, because the well, end of the movie just, is very just for reference, he is coming back for the ballerina because that's a prequel. So him yeah. and Ian McShane are going to reprise their roles, which means you know John Wick's going to have another action yeah. scene in that movie. Um, but and as far as a sequel, there, this, we don't know. Didn't number two have a ballerina in it? Didn't he so go to number three? Actually, did, when uh, he travels to Russia, I want to say, and John, yes, Marie, yeah, 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 and speaks to Angelica Houston, who yes. is the head of the high table, I guess. In her, I was getting her and the Italian show. chick mixed up, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so, in the background, you see a ballerina on stage practicing. That's the ballerina that the movie's based yes. on, is going to be about, but that's what I think. That in that movie, it was played by an actual ballerina, and it's been recast in as the, Anna Darmes. For Anna Darmus, yeah, which but is an excellent character. choice. Excellent choice. Yeah, she, she's she's um, proven herself in action in James Bond. Yeah, Gray Man. She's she's worth it. She's, yeah, she's worth she it. got that new one coming out with Pro Chris movie. Evans too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so I'm I'm all for that. Um, like I really want them to start building out this universe because this could be an amazing universe. To Hell, yes. Hell, I'm you know. all for it. The Continental and, you Show know, is going to be a prequel. The Ballerina is a prequel. I, I want to see. They already said they're going to do a John Wick 5. Not Chad Stahelski and not Keanu Reeves. They haven't yeah. confirmed if they're going to be involved yet. But the studios already said, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, so it's going to be John Wick 5, the rise of Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm down. You yeah, know what, which man? is fine. It's, it's a shame that Donnie Yen isn't as famous or popular, I should say, in America as Jackie Chan was. He deserves it 100%. Definitely I hope it. that this movie kind of gives him that platform to blow up in america yeah i mean I, I he's popular i'm not saying he's not popular but he's not I mean, jackie chan level huge in, he's america. huge in asia yeah but, i'm talking uh, about america specifically yeah but in america specifically like everybody knows him for it man um, like he doesn't have he doesn't have the rush hour you know what i mean jackie chan nah, was getting big and came out with rush hour and it became this star yeah. in america 
Donnie Yen deserves that. In this movie, 100%, he earns that right. Like, mm-hmm. he's freaking ridiculous in this movie. I love it. Yeah, he, he steals the movie. He steals the movie away. This is really this is more about Kane and less about John Wick, you know? Yeah. Um, Which I think was on purpose, because then this way they could build out a Kane series now. You know, um, I, I would, you build know what I would love Akira to see? Series. Speaking of a Kane series and a Kira series, what I would like to see, because for anyone who stayed for the credits, there's a scene where Kane, Donnie Yen's character, is basically reuniting with his daughter. And as he's about to reunite with her, we see Akira kind of, you know, not appear out of nowhere, but reveal herself and pull out a sword and start walking towards Kane. And then it fades, to, then it cuts to black. So the implication is that she tries to get her revenge in that moment. I would love to see a, a movie spinoff where maybe Kane beats her in a fight, whatever it is, and sort of convinces her that he'll teach her or become like a new mentor for her to like learn how to be an assassin, essentially. Yeah. And like kind of see them. I would love to see that kind of uh, uh, journey happen on screen. 100% I'd be here for that. The blind yeah. assassin just teaching her how to be a, a, a baller. Although yeah. she was already like, badass in this movie. I mean, she was fucking people up left and right, too. I'm very after seeing like all the different continentals because we've seen the Rome continental, the yes. the New York continental, the Osaka continental. Um, I'm really excited for the continental show just because I think yeah. having that idea of all of these different hotels being a hotbed for assassins, right, right under our know, nose, like running right under our nose is such a like there's so much that they could do with this universe because they built it out so smartly. Like even the first one where John goes to the bank and the bank is run by the Hasidics, right? And they yeah. like they have like all of the gold and, and all of his stuff in like safety deposit boxes and all of this stuff. Like and then you go to <coughs> um like the um the switchboards with the with the chicks that are all like, uh, you know, uh, what like, do they call it? Um, up and just like kind of classic. Well, like that, but also like nineteen fifties, like uh, rockabilly. They call that like rockabilly look. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where they're all like rockabilly chicks that are sitting there, like, all right, well, here we go. We're gonna up the ante on John Wick's uh, thing. Blah blah blah. blah. I, love, I love that, by the way. The little kind of ode to the Warriors movie. Yeah, the, the woman yeah. on the radio just kind of giving updates. I don't know how she got the updates, but giving updates on where John Wick was at all, at all times. Yeah, it's so just good. such a great world to play around in and and have like interactions in. And and like, listen, I, I've said it before that not everything has to have a shared universe, and I'm okay with standalone movies being just standalone movies. I agree. This is a shared universe that I want to get behind, though, because like. Because it feels different, you know what I mean. Like it's it not feels different. the same yeah. nonsense that we always see, and it also doesn't uh, all have to follow one one th- like sole storyline throughout, right? right. That, like you that's could just what I hope they do. Right, you know, I hope they you do that. I hope we're getting the ballerina, and I know it's going to connect to John Wick because he's going to be in the movie. But I would love, I want them to show us different assassins, different people. Like, yeah, the Continental Show. I don't know if you read about it. Is a prequel showing how Winston, uh, Ian McShane's character meets Sharon, his concierge, and also probably meets John Wick as a young version of him mm-hmm. um, and becomes the kind of head of that hotel. So, like, that's cool, but I almost would rather see other Continentals. I agree with you. I want to yeah. see travel the world. Let me see some other spots. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, like like I said, like we've said, they've already introduced a bunch of assassins that I would 100% be on board to see a movie based on them. Um you know, and then they can just come up with new ideas. You know what I mean? I, they don't have to stick to yeah. the assassins. Maybe they come up with someone else. You know what? You know, cool. You know the cleaner, 
the guy that John calls and John McWhorn yeah. that, that yeah. shows up and just cleans all the dead bodies. Like, let's find out more about him. I'm interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. want to know. Like, How about the fact that the cops know who John Wick is? Well, see, that's the, so in the first movie, I do think that the movies have done a great job building out the world. But the mm-hmm. one thing the first movie did really well that the rest, uh, I think I tried to expand upon and maybe it loses some of its like a uh, um, mystery is like, the, like to your point, when the cop comes and goes, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of noises. And then he sees the dead body and you think like, oh, fuck, John's got to do something. And he goes, are you working again? And John's like, no. Yeah. He's like, all right, have a good day. And just walks away. Yeah. Like little moments like that made me go like oh shit you know what i mean like that's like i want to see more of that kind of stuff for sure i mean to be honest with you the the thing that this one suffered from and i think the the last number three kind of suffered from a little bit too Mm -hmm. was that there's very there's there's no real like john wick style lines there's there's no style lines you know, there's no like people keep asking me if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there's no real one-liners. He he's not the one-liner hero anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not. But I kind of missed that about him. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. not even that, but even from the, even from the, the um, the the other people around him, like like we were talking about earlier, where he's like, it's the Baba Yaga. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like there's no. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no that. like there's not none of that. Have, I'm just trying to think now. Even having John Wick too, you have uh, um, I can't think of the actor's name, but the Russian in the very beginning is like he kills a guy with a pencil. Who yeah. the fuck <laughs> does that? Like you know, like just moments like that. Yeah, yeah, just moments like that. Even when even when the guy sits down with with John and he's just like, I'm not back. He goes, You were back the second you came in, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I have your marker. Right. Like that, all that, like. All of that kind of went away in three and four, um, but the action got tripled in three and four. Oh. So it's kind of like, yeah, you, know. you gotta you can take what you get, right? One thing I yeah. don't, I I didn't like, and this kind of goes back to from two to three or whatever. In in John Wick one and two, he's on missions, right? He's trying to kind of free his name essentially. But in John Wick three, he has a bounty on his head from the beginning of the movie on. The one thing John Wick three did really well is that everywhere he went, there were people trying to kill him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he he really was on the run the whole movie. In this movie, he still got a bounty on his head all the way up until he issues the duel. Yeah, he didn't feel like it. He travels the world a couple times, and I'm like, you went all that way and nobody tried to kill you. Like that, you know, they skip ahead to like when he gets to where his destination. Yeah, like because they they skip ahead to he's already in Osaka, right? Right. He's so, already in and he obviously he, he obviously has friends. Yeah, but he has he obviously has friends in Osaka. Um, I guess, but I feel like know. you know his tra- he it, traveled uh, very well. Let's yeah. put it that way. I didn't have a lot of issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, we don't know if he had a lot of issues or not because we didn't see it. Well, they didn't show us. I guess so. I'm they assuming show that he didn't have any issues. Yeah, but like he had a twenty million dollar in the beginning of the movie. I think it was thirteen or eighteen million dollar uh, bounty on his head. Yeah. So like in in John Wick two, the moment the bounty activates, he's he's nervous because anyone around him could be an assassin. And then we skip to this one, and he's for the most part nonchalant and just. Traveling. Well, I think I think yeah. what happened. I think what they were trying to say is because you, you saw it when the bounty got raised to like twenty six million. That's when everybody started coming out of the woodwork, right? Yeah, which so is. I, you know, I think shows you how I, rich these people are, right? That yeah, you know, no. eighteen million wasn't enough. Twenty million, though. All right, but I, I think that's it. what happened. Like it was at thirteen million at the end of like three, right? 
and uh, yes. John yeah. John Wick can manage to kill everybody that came after him. Yeah. So everybody's just kind of like, yo, 13 million is not enough for me to get killed by John Wick. You know what I'm saying? And I guess now it's a 20. He thought he was dead. So yeah, yeah. And then like tw- now it's 26 million. People were like, mm, I think I'm gonna take a shot at John Wick for 26 million. You know what I'm Maybe saying? It's worth trying. And yeah. Yet, what they didn't realize is that he has a coat that he can just lift up, and then <laughs> you, you can't do any damage to him. The it coat thing bothers me, man. They overused it in this movie well, so much because. So let's talk about the the last thing I want to talk about. Really, is the uh, the, the final stair scene, right? It's yeah. a really well done scene, right? He, you know, it's a it's a it's an intense scene. I guess is what I'm trying to say because you know you see the end game in sight, and he's got to fight his way through all these guys. I remember thinking to myself, agreeing with you, it should be it's going to be this badass hand to hand fight. Then everyone pulls guns out, and all, no one takes cover, and all John does is this. And I'm like, dude, you're like, there's like twenty guys shooting at you, like. One of those bullets has to hit something vulnerable. It's a little weird. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's John Wick. He gets to the top. When the guy shows up, the same guy who's been kind of chasing the whole movie, out loud, I was like, this fucking guy again. And then he kicks him down the stairs (laughs) all the way to the bottom. And I thought to myself, I don't care what kind of shape you're in. You're not going back up 200 steps. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And you have to fight your whole way up. But then Donnie Ann shows up. And he's like, John. I need you to get up those stairs. And I literally was like, the kid in me was just like, this is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, please, yes. But then John gets kicked down another bunch of (laughs) another bunch of stairs. And I'm like, dude, give up. (laughs) There's a never-ending flight of stairs, dude. I would have given up a long time ago, man. Do you know what I wanted from that stair scene? What? Is I wanted the raid hallway fight scene on those stairs. Like a one-shot. Yeah. Going up the stairs, taking everybody out hand to hand style. Yeah. Up up the stairs. Maybe throwing a couple like gunshots here and there. You know what I'm saying? But like for the most part, really make it hand to hand. The the part that I thought was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a movie is and I don't I cannot believe they did this in a John Wick movie was at one part he takes his gun apart. Right. To take well, the slide and the barrel off and then start stabbing people with the yeah, lower. Um, well, Lawrence Fishburne said, uh, made a comment that the gun has, it has a, the, the sharpest fangs you'll ever see. I guess that was what him basically saying when you run out of bullets, if you take it yeah. apart, you, then, then it basically acts as like a shiv. I, I, I guess just, I, I don't disagree. I, I thought that was kind of not, not silly, but it was, it was silly. It was, no, it was silly. you know, John Wick's going to use whatever he can to fight, but yeah, uh, you know, I would have rather seen him one. pull out a box of pencils, which by the way, the Donnie Yen stabbing that guy with a pencil. Was great. Was was absolutely to, genius. Yeah, it almost. I would like rather quick, seen him. It was almost like a quick shorthand to show you that Donnie Yen was on the same level as John Wick because he's also yeah. using a pencil to fuck your. Well, blood, it kind of it kind of makes me think because like they obviously know each other. They've obviously were friends. They, yeah, it yeah. it kind of makes you think like him and uh, the 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 leader of Osaka Continental. Like all three yeah, of them, he, he, it yeah. seems like they train together. It yeah. seems like they They're all trained. Well, see now that's a prequel I would I can get behind seeing yeah. that history that yeah. they have. I would mm-hmm. be down hundred percent. Even if you had to recast like John Wick, even though like I, that yeah, scene when when Kane goes up against him and he's like Kane, and he's like yeah, yeah. That guy I can't remember his name. Um, he's like how's your daughter? And he's like still alive. How's yours? Well, yeah. I was like, oh, I, oh, I just love. I love again Donnie Yen. I don't think it's enough credit for his acting because, like, with very little words, he was very easy. He you very easily believed that he did not want to fight this guy. 
Yeah. He was like almost like begging yeah. him, like, please just give me the info. I don't want to do this, you know. And the, you know, he, he sells it. You can't see his eyes because he's got his sunglasses on and he sells it with just his voice. It's so good. You know, and even the way he kills him, it's like you kind of knew that it was more like instinct. He just stabbed him real quick because it's just like what he was trained to do, not what he really wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it's just so good. Donnie and had maybe had some of the best fight scenes in this movie. I mean, John John Reeves did too, but like yeah. it's just everyone stole the show. I just, man. I just like the fact that like you know, uh, like John Wick uses like Keanu uses legitimate combat jujitsu throughout most yeah. of this film, and like he's like pulling out Imanari rolls and mm-hmm. and all types of like uh like weird little jujitsu moves and stuff like that. That would lead you to kind of being like. All right, I can take this guy down and now I can shoot him in the face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that type of shit. So it's just it's it's a great little detail that they have, and something that we don't see in movies. No, where if somebody really uses that style of of martial mark, arts, mark my words though, we're gonna see like this movie has already, or the John Wick franchise, I should say, has already influenced a lot of our action movies. Like we talked about Mister Nobody before. Um, yeah. we talked about Atomic Blonde, Extraction. Like clearly, there's an influence there, but this one in particular really, I feel like, is going to change a lot of what we see in action movies. Yeah. I hope, I hope it affects what we see in the MCU and comic book action movies. Yeah. Because I'm kind of tired of the quick cuts and the shaky cam and all that stuff. Like, yeah, Shang Chi didn't use that, and it's one of the better action movies mm-hmm. in the MCU. Well, we talk about it with more with that. with the Daredevil Netflix series too. Is like they uh, had the yeah, guys, they example. had the guys from the raid working on that movie on that show yeah. rather and yeah. it's and there's it's a reason well the fight scenes are unbelievable yeah the, the fight scenes are absolutely incredible in that in that show so it's if you, if you get the right stunt choreographers behind all this the guys that really know how to shoot this stuff you yeah. can make anyone look good see what the problem is is that when they came to like iron fist they got a guy that you couldn't make look good and they had the wrong like they wanted to go like crouching tiger hidden dragon with it which is not the right idea. Which is not the right idea. They should have went raid, you know, raid two John Wick with it instead. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it just wasn't because you can't have somebody that doesn't know how to do kung fu look like he knows how to do kung fu in a and, matter. And of they like, did school. that. Those guys are the ones who did the fight choreography and stuff for the Defenders show. And yeah, Iron Fist looked so much better in that yes. show because well, the other thing too is they so gave him the mask in Defenders, right? Whereas right. Iron Fish, the show, he didn't have the mask. So, yeah, so you, you can hide like, him like Charlie Cox, like, let's be honest with you. Charlie Cox in the hallway fight scene in Daredevil is wearing a mask. It's probably not Charlie Cox. Well, it's funny. They do a good job of showing you it's him, but he doesn't ever really do anything that flashy. Like, yeah. you know, he'll do like a punch or two. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he then does, he gets like, knocked uh, off screen. And when he pops back in, all of a sudden he's flipping and whatever. <laughs> that's the stunt double. Then all of a sudden the stunt double falls. Yeah. And when he pops back in, it's another like. Well, also like the the, the Netflix the Netflix series made a point to make him not as acrobatic as the comic book version. Like he was more of a boxer. He's more grounded. Like a more of like a boxer kickboxer type style instead of like doing like spinning three sixty kicks and shit. Yeah, they they started getting more into that as the shows went on. Yeah, especially the first one in particular. He's really just standing toe to toe and just fucking people up. He has some of the flashiness, but. Not a little much, bit, you know. like like I think there's that, there's that one part where he does he forward. jumps up, does a spin, and then punches the guy in the face. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, like an unnecessary flashy uh, yeah. spin for no reason. 
but for the most part, it was very like and like listen, born against coming. That I want to see John Wick in like this John Wick style in Born Again. Like that's what I want to see. Can you imagine, man? That like I want to see that would be perfect. Yeah, like when when Secret Invasion comes and they're doing, you know, I want Bucky to be fighting like John Wick. I want Sam to be fighting like John Wick. You know, yeah. add in some ways for them to use the wings and the shield and the and the metal arm and shit. But can you imagine, dude? I would love to see because, like, if you really think about it, like Winter Soldier is a perfect example when you first see Bucky and he's fighting on the highway and he's doing really complicated uh, hand-to-hand combat, you know, where there's, yeah. there's that scene where he drops the knife, grabs with the other hand, keeps coming yeah. in. He's, you know, they're doing all that shit. That was really impressive. And then they got that's away. Also, from that. That's also an example of them editing too much because there's the behind the scenes footage of Chris Evans and the stunt guy and uh, um, the guy who plays Bucky. I can't think of his name now for some reason. And the Captain America stunt guy doing the fight scene, and they knew the choreography; they could do it really well. You could literally just put a camera there and let them do it, and it would just look great. And then when you see it in the movie, they cut sixteen times yeah. in between just him dropping the knife, and it's like, why? I think it still looked good in the movie, though. I think it, it still looked it's good in the movie. one of the better examples of it being used. And then the Russo yeah. kind of got a little out of hand with it. Um, well, they definitely got out of hand with it. <clears throat> but this is why but, you need to give it someone like Chad Stahelski. Or you know someone that his crew, Sam Hargrave is another one who yeah. did extraction. Like they know how to make these scenes, and they know how to t- teach the actor to do as much of it as possible, mm-hmm. but how to cut it in a way. But when they cut to the stunt double, you don't even notice it, and the stunt yeah. double is doing doing everything. I and see. I they also good. they also lucked out because they had Keanu, right? And Keanu took he, it he so seriously, so easily, like or so yeah, well, and, I say, like, well, he went out and trained too. Like, you ever see the videos of him training out of Terran Tactical oh, yeah. with the guns and stuff oh, like yeah. that? Like, he he knows how to do this stuff. Like, he's not like, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll figure it out. Blah yeah. blah blah. Let the stunt guy do it. So, like, they have somebody that's fully on board, willing to like become a black belt in in gung fu. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And learn how to do all this stuff, and learn from the choreographers and stuff like that. And I think the, I think you need that also. Like, if yeah. you don't have the actor willing to sacrifice and kind of learn this shit and be fully immersed in this world, you you falter a little because then you have to get a stunt double to do it. Like I'm- that overhead dragon's breath shotgun scene. That's Keanu the whole way through. The whole way he insisted there, apparently on doing that whole that whole yeah, sequence. Yeah, it's a one shot scene. There sequence, is dude. no stunt double. That is well, all. Keanu. Everyone else is well, stunt double. Keanu no, no, no I'm saying for there's it. no stunt double for Keanu. Yeah. There's stunt yeah. men that he's fighting, but there's yeah. no stunt double, right? Like that's Keanu the entire way. He's pushing just, sixty. Like that's like, good it's wild. Him, dude. It's wild. I'm pushing forty, and I feel like I'm gonna die. Yeah, I, I, I laughed because I was, I, you know, all the times he gets hit by a car, I kept saying to John, I'm like, dude, if when I get out of bed, my knees crack. Like, <laughs> like, like, Jesus, I feel like I'm going to lose my balance. When I, I went to the woods to shoot pheasant this week. My back still hurts. <laughs> yeah. And here's Keanu getting hit by six cars, then getting yeah, up and still kicking off a building, out. got shot with a fucking shotgun. I will say that the also like a side note on the suit thing. The one thing about the, the stupid, like, I'm protect my face. Is when is when the uh, the the German priest shoots him with the shotgun. He goes that flying across the room. That cracks. Uh, like, all right, all right. At least at least we're proving that the suit thing isn't like yeah, you flawless, know, like flawless. Yeah, you know. Well, the one thing I, I will say, uh, you know, I just love this movie so much, man. I mean, this movie basically was the closest we get to a video game. 
mm-hmm. on screen. So I that mean, was, the was other thing like, I was going to bring up. You know, he's got to basically empty out an, an entire clip for every person he kills. He's going for headshots constantly. He's got like, the, you know, to build up to the boss fight, and then they do different levels. When like, they're in the Osaka. The are not a game out now. You know what I mean? I like, said the same thing. Like, like, how is there not a video game on this? When they're in the Osaka Continental, right? They're fighting the high table guys, and then the yeah. armored high table guys come out. I was like, oh my God, it's like level two. We reached two. level two. Yeah. Like, here we go. Like, leveled up. Like, you know, it's just. <laughs> that's uh, all I was thinking the whole so time. Good, it's like, this is like watching a, a live action video game. Anyway, I loved it. I mean, I, to me, I guess, like I said, John Wick 1 is probably my favorite because it started the whole thing. But this is easily my second one, my yeah. second favorite. 100%. Because the, this, the this action, this is just Out of the amazing. sequels, this is definitely the best one. <clears throat> Amazing. And the sequels, this is and definitely that's not the to take one. away from the second and the third one because they're both ah. really good. But this one is just on a whole other level. I mean, it took everything they level. did in two and three to a to, like you said, a whole new level. Like Chad one Stahelski. is Sorry, one man. is good from a storyline aspect, right? Yes, because it's yeah. the story. Well, right? arguably, like that's, it's, the, it's the one with the most story. It's the know, one with the most he, story. He, absolutely, he has got, he's got married. Like, yeah, you know, th- there's a lot going on there that gives him motivation. Here, it's. The last three of them is just John go kill this person. Okay, no problem. And he yeah. just kills every single person until he gets there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what happens. Uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, so we have the spinoffs coming out for this show, for um, the spinoffs, the Continental movie uh, show, and then the ballerina movie. Chad Stahelski, I don't know if you know this, has like a whole bunch of projects that they want him to do, and he's trying to figure out which one he likes the most, essentially. But he's been tapped to create a Ghost of Tsushima. I heard that. And he that. has already said that he wants to do it in like the old school, like black and white samurai style. But imagine, like we see these sword fights in this movie. Sonata's got to be the guy, right? He's got to be. In, if he's not the main guy, he's in the movie. He's got to be. But like, gotta be. just just based off of the Osaka scenes in this movie, yeah. it got me so excited for the idea of Chad Stahelski doing a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Mm-hmm. Talk about like a perfect director for a perfect property. Absolutely. He would kill it. And I hope that's the you know what they wants, should give him. Do you know what they should give him? The next Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Fuck the guy who's doing it now. They should yeah. have given it. They should give it to him. He'll be, it to the him. fight scenes will be better. The the storyline will be more in line with the games. He would do a great job. And 100%. Feige, Feige, listen to me. Feige, here, right here, listen to me. Listen Hold on, to me. let me zoom in. Hold on, let's let's yeah, zoom in on your face here. Zoom in. Go ahead. Let, let him know. Let him have it. Feige, listen here, bud. All you got to do, call Stahowski. Just he doesn't have to direct the whole movie. Just get him to do your fight scenes. Just yeah, get him just to action. do your fight. Just the action. We won't tell anybody. Call Stahowski. You could take credit for the idea. We know it's me and Chris's idea. Just Feige. Just call yeah. Stahowski. Get him to do your fight scenes, and you're golden, bud. That's all we're gonna they say. Actually- they missed the opportunity. They should have had him or at least someone in his group do the fight scenes for Moon Knight. They yeah. wanted that grittiness, yeah. but that would have been that would have been a great pairing to have the two of them do that, to yeah. have them do the fight. I'll scenes. be honest. They should have brought him on to be the fight choreographer for Shang-Chi. Even though the fights were amazing in Shang-Chi, like you could have really done something special with him for, for Shang-Chi. Yeah, you know, I mean, you really, you really could have. I mean, he would have elevated it to a whole other level for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I guess there's still time, right? There's, but I don't think yeah. he wants to do a comic book movie. He's basically said before he's that doing comic he, book movies. I mean, this is basically comic so book. Movies. What's funny is he says he wants to do things that he likes, things that are more grounded, more realistic. Yeah. And like, I guess you, to your point about the jujitsu, I could see that. However, you have a guy who lifts up his jacket 
and blocks every single bullet <laughs> that's coming his way. So it's a comic book movie. It's just literally John Wick doing. You know, Keanu's got every got a comic book based loosely off John Wick called Berserker. Does he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go read that now. Yeah. But you know, so just just to put it in perspective, Chad. All right, I'm looking at you, Chad. Keanu Reeves lifted his. Jacket, give yourself the zoom. Give yourself the zoom. Oh yeah, hold on. Zoom. Zoom yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, Chad, listen to me, Chad. John Wick lifting his coat up and blocking every bullet that comes his way is no different than Bucky Barnes putting his hand out and blocking every bullet coming his way. Okay, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact thing. Like, and I always hated that in the in the Winter Soldier. Whenever he's out there and there's like an army of people and he just goes like this and every bullet just hits his hand. And I'm yeah. like, there's a whole other section of him. Why are you hitting here? Like, come on now, you know. And he does it multiple oh, so times true. in Winter Soldier, and he does it in Captain America Civil War, too. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, <laughs> seriously. But anyway, on that note, Chad, Feige, you heard it here first. Uh, we're going to keep bringing it up, honestly, for the next few weeks, the next few episodes. Yeah. I want to make, I want to get it Absolutely. out there in the world. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. I got nothing else to say about John Wick. I got, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good. John Wick 4, go see it. Mandalorian, phenomenal show. Uh, thank you for taking an hour and a half, an hour and forty-five minutes with me. Forty-five. Chat, we got long on this one. In. I could have kept going, but uh, you know, yeah, at too. some point, uh, we will see you guys on the next theater room. That'll be episode eighty. I'm talking more Mandalorian. I think I'll probably be talking Mario at that point. Um, so we have a lot. Maybe a lot Dungeons and Dragons if up. we can get to see it. Maybe you know, I can squeeze it into my busy we, schedule. When's, when's Creed three come to streaming? Because we we made it. We missed a huge. I completely missed it. I wanted to. See we're it all Creed fans. Both Creed fans. So. That's going to come out. You know what we should do for Creed 3? We talked about doing the like mystery science theater kind of thing. Or like, you know, watching yeah. the movie and talking about it. Let's do it for down. Creed 3. Let's make that our first one. I'll make that, that our be, first I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'm definitely down for that. We'll do a reaction and, and just talk about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you heard that here first. We're going to do a Creed 3 whenever it comes out. It should be 45 days after it's out of theater. So it's not going to be too long. Yeah. So it should be soon. Works for me. All right, man. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. See you guys on the next theater room. Like and subscribe on all the shit. Um, keep an eye out. Multiversal podcast might be this weekend. Um, there's definitely going to be the uh, group going live watching the yeah, WrestleMania. I, I, I don't know if Fred's going to be able to do it this weekend because we're know, pretty much streaming week, every he night. You might end up having to push it. So Oversell yeah. podcast, though, if you're a wrestling fan, greatest uh, podcast in the universe, wrestling podcast in the universe is uh, going to be this weekend. They're going to be streaming live. So join them. Yeah. They're going to be reacting live to uh, WrestleMania and uh, going to have a few of the boys in there. I'm going to try and jump in. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, buddy.